Welcome back to the Buffy Boyfriends podcast. Uh, we are boyfriends and we're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Welcome. Excited to be here. We uh, just watched the pilot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and now we're here to to talk about it. And I would hate to mansplain anything to you. I do feel like it might come up from time to time on this episode, but this actually is not the pilot. This was the first aired episode uh, but there is a pilot that I have seen. It is very, it's very similar. Uh, though the the only actor they replace is Allison Hannigan. So there was a different Willow in the first in the pilot who I guess didn't end up working out. They re, they recast her. Wow, where is this pilot? Where does it live? Is it a DVD feature? No, I watched it on a Google Drive <laughs> in like 2013. Wow, Joss Whedon really hit that. Yeah, well, he didn't want this actor to find any success after replacing her. That's too bad. I wonder who it was. Maybe it's someone famous. I don't believe it is, um, but maybe she became famous since since 10 years ago when I watched it. I have no memory. Uh, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Um, my name is Sam Stanish, uh, Buffy superfan, as, uh, cl- as clear from having seen the pilot episode. Uh, and I'm here with my wonderful boyfriend, Michael Crawford Lawless, who has never watched the show before. True. Uh, you can call me Mike. All my friends do. Um, but that is my stage name. Um, so anytime I end up on stage, that's what I'll use. And I guess here I am on the podcast stage using yes. my full name. And the audible, the audio stage, the stage for the ears. Yes, exactly. Uh, um, Buffy newbie. Although at, if for those of you who listen to our intro episode, you'll know that once upon a time I did watch season one, but I don't know anything about it. And I feel like from my experience of watching the episode with you, it seemed like you didn't remember almost anything at all. No, it was all brand new. So we're going to pretend that that never happened. Yeah, we could. We didn't even have to uh, expose ourselves as liars. Wow. Maybe we'll take this out. We'll edit it. <laughs> well, the first episode is already out uh, to much critical acclaim. Uh, so people already know that you have seen season one. Mm, okay. Well... We'll see. It, we'll see when people on the street come up to us, and if they say something like, "Oh, we know that you watched season one already," we'll know that they listened to the first episode and didn't dive right into episode two. I guess the first full episode. Sure. And I'm hoping people just they say ten minutes long. They didn't even start talking about Welcome to the Hellmouth. Why did they even put this out? Uh, and they just skip it for the audio reasons. Uh, <laughs> I've, we we're we're in a much more uh, grand set up this time we're out in a an open space we've both got microphones instead of trying to pass the microphone back and forth against each other we got blankets out to cover some audio uh it's i think this is gonna work yeah it makes me feel like i'm in a real podcast studio and in many ways we are i know i mean multiple people do podcasts from this very space so <laughs> True. I've, actually, I think this is the first podcast that has happened in this living room. Uh, usually, Kevin and I are in our own bedrooms, locked away, uh, and Jack does his Twitch streams from his room. So this is the virginal ceremony. Wow, you could be really opening up this space for a lot of use. A I know. Multi-use facility. And I'm I'm well I'm open to it. Uh, I you know I used to do a podcast in my living room many years ago. Word on the streets, with the feet of which we are using to put this episode out. Uh, people said, how did I already subscribe to this? And I said, well, it's being recycled. Wow. Well, I'm okay with that. Just like I'm recycling Buffy season one, we're recycling your podcast feed. 
nothing did that else? make sense I th- yeah i think so you're well you are recycling you're recycling it but it's also like you've never seen it before it's sort of like when um like old plastic becomes a cup and i love that that's the the circle of life and the circle of this podcast really make sure you're talking uh loud again oh sorry no it's it's not a big deal i just want to make i just i hope that the audio levels are coming through it it feels so unnatural. You think that you want the microphone to be so far away, but it you, it feels so unnatural to be like talking so close to it. But that is how, what you want to do. Yeah. I think so. If you can't hear me, um, <laughs> let us know in the comments and please I'll, nag us about the nag audio us quality. in the comments. Um, let me know that my voice sucks. You can't hear me, um, and we'll see if I adjust for next episode. I I think you'll get the hang of it. You, maybe we'll have to re-record this. I sure hope not. I mean, I know. I bet you hope not. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we are here. Season 1, Episode 1. Welcome to the Hellmouth. Written by Joss Whedon. Boo. Yes. More, more on that uh, throughout. Um, directed by Charles Martin Smith. Mike, have you ever heard of Charles Martin Smith before this? Uh, I just said his name out loud. Did you even register it when we were watching the episode? Never. Um... Is he famous? Has he directed something else that I may have seen since 1990? When was this? 96? This aired in 1997. This was March 10th, 1997, I believe. So it must have been shot in 96. Okay. Assumedly. So, so what's, yeah, what's Mr. Smith doing these days? Sure. So this was my first IMDBDD, IMDB deep dive uh, of the podcast. Uh, clicked on Charles Martin Smith. Never heard of him before. This is his only credit for the entire show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It uh, it seemed like he had a lot of he it's, it, he was a he was a regularly working actor from the seventies through about ten years ago. He directed many things as well, most notably Dolphin Tale and Dolphin Tale Two. Hmm, I've definitely heard of Dolphin Tale and Dolphin Tale Two, but I couldn't tell you what the plot is. Yes, is that that's not where the the girl loses her arm in the shark bite. No, that's different. I have, I have no I have no idea. No. I've so maybe maybe that is. It could be. Let us know. If you know, let us know in the comments. Uh and it was the cinematography was by Michael Gershman. Very different from uh Charles Martin Smith's tenure on the show. He did the cinematography for 88 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so we'll be hearing his name quite regularly. Interesting. So Joss was really happy with the cinematography, but the direction he he just let go. Yeah. Did he take over as director? He directed a lot. He's directed a lot of episodes hmm. as well. Um, and then on IMDb, you know, I don't know where they got this from. It's under the directing. It said Joss Whedon uncredited. So I'm like, sure. Okay. Interesting. So he was like the background director is what they're saying. That's what somebody has said once upon a time and they put it on IMDb. Interesting. Well, what I'm most interested in as we keep going is to see if any of the actors ever step up to the director's chair. Mm. I feel like that is a very regular thing you see on TV these days where one of the lead actors decides I'm going to be the director this time. Maybe season four, season five, they're like, I need to start diversifying my talents and they go to the director's chair so i'm interested to see if sarah michelle geller ever directs me too and actually that is something i cannot think of off the top of my head haven't thought about it in a long time uh so we'll be watching with rabid eyes and but you're already planning for season four people who Hmm. listen to uh episode one might know where this is a trial run period 
uh, and we'll be checking in every episode to see if Mike wants to keep doing it. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, but it seemed like to me, just based off of our experience this morning, you were very into it. Yeah, I liked it. You know, I famously love high school TV shows. Um, I was one of the few Riverdale watchers who still watch through the last season. I feel like nobody else I know was watching Riverdale, but then I stopped watching it too. So I can't really claim myself as a true fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the vampire genre. Um, as people also famously know, I was rewatching True Blood earlier this year. Um, very different um, in terms of tone, I would say. Yeah. And even The Vampire Diaries, which mm. also has the trappings of a high school drama, has a very different tone. But yes. you, you started, you like watched at least the pilot of that recently, right? Again? Of The Vampire Diaries? I watched it like right at the beginning of the pandemic yeah. and I was really into it, but then I fell off because it was like this show that we're currently podcasting about, like seven, eight seasons, and they all have like 20 episodes in it. And that was just too much of a commitment for me. Sure. Well, I actually just recently booked who will be our first guest uh, for a few episodes from now. Is it Nina Dobrev? No, but it is somebody who does a Riverdale podcast. So (laughs) you'll have somebody able to talk to about that. Uh, Okay, so let's get into it. This is Welcome to the Hellmouth. Uh, part a part one of two episodes that was another thing i was like he's into it after the episode app wrapped and there was a to be continued you were like what does that (laughs) and then it was you sort of went through depression and anger and then we got to the hulu main screen and you saw the both part one and part two aired on march 10th and you were like uh both those aired on the same day shouldn't we watch it blah 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 sort of bargaining with me i think you've reached acceptance here yeah we'll see i mean once we finish recording this episode nothing's to stop us from watching episode two or i guess the second part of the pilot so yeah definitely episode two i yeah i mean i the only rule is you can't watch the episode until we do the recording of the podcast to maintain the spoiler free nature of the podcast i think that's more than fair great okay then yeah well let's get into it this is the summary Buffy Summers and her mom moved to Sunnydale, California for a fresh start, unaware of the evil lurking in this quiet suburb. Somewhat reluctant in her role as the Slayer, Buffy quickly makes friends and enemies at her new school, while also meeting with her watcher, Giles, the mercurial school librarian. Her newly assembled team encounters the ever-abundant, unearthly creatures in Sunnydale. Mercurial? I don't actually know what that is and can't really grasp it from the context. Hmm. I feel like... I've definitely read that word before, but I would not be able to define it off the top of my head. Me neither. Uh, Throwing it quickly to Google. Let's see. Of a person subject to sudden or unpredictable changes of mood or mind. I guess so. I guess. I mean, he was definitely weird and... Intense. Intense. But I, I guess mercurial after hearing the definition that doesn't really describe him to me it wouldn't be my first i wouldn't put it in the if i was gonna describe this episode in one paragraph would not have included that word but they chose to did one of you edit the (laughs) description to do that just just to throw us off our game right at the very beginning let us know in the comments okay so we get the first scene so iconic um buffy never not even to be seen like we get a sweeping shot of the library we get a couple shots of the hallway and the school 
there's a break in the window and we get this first introduction of like this guy and the girl they're sneaking into the school the guy's like let's go on the roof i used to go to school here they it's they are definitely leading us to believe he's a vampire oh absolutely or they're just like two teens like sneaking into the school and they're gonna both be attacked or something like the vampires are gonna come out and kill them but lo you lo and behold it's the girl who's the vampire did the twist work on you did the twist work on me i guess i mean it was like a little jump scare um and i didn't remember it so yes the twist worked on me wow yeah um and this was our first uh opportunity to see what the vampires <laughs> look like in Buffy the Vampire Slayer mm-hmm. and you know they look gross they look <laughs> ugly they they're wearing like these weird prosthetics weird vampire masks um you know i'm used to vampire media showing us vampires being really sexy and like you're just drawn into them and want to become a vampire and hang out with them but i would stay away from these vampires if i saw them on the street you might if you saw them with their demonic face on, but right. you were drawn in by the girlish appearance of the predator in this pilot in this first scene. Yeah, I guess that's a fair way to characterize it. Uh, well, okay, we also just recently watched Scream for the first time. Another iconic first scene of a thing. Uh, how did this compare for you? Uh, I mean, I think Scream is more iconic. I mean, you got... Drew Barrymore, you think she's the lead of the movie. She's gonna. Are, are we allowed to spoil the opening of Scream? I think. I think. Yeah, so. has it been spoiled by culture? Well, yeah. you think she's gonna be the lead. She's being attacked by Ghostface. Her boyfriend is there, tied up and killed. You're like, oh my god, this is her trauma origin story. Like she's gonna go after Ghostface, but then she gets killed in the first scene, and then you're like what the fuck just happened? Like, she's star billing. She's the A-lister. Who is Nev Campbell? I don't know. Who, I, maybe she was famous in the 90s. I don't know. Um, but, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. That's what happened in the opening of Scream. This and, guy and Julie Benz weren't really in front and center in the marketing. No. Was this guy famous? Was he, like, the Drew Barrymore of the cast? You know, I don't think so. No? Didn't, didn't recognize him when we were watching. Mm. Well... Good luck to him. I hope he had a a good career. I hope he still has, has a career. <laughs> wow. It's very giving of you. Yeah. Uh, you never know who he is. That could be Bradley Cooper. I think we would have recognized if it was Bradley Cooper. Maybe. Or he could be a Bradley Cooper type. Mm. They go out for the same parts and then Bradley Cooper's always getting it. Yeah, exactly. And this guy is just like the guy who was killed in the Buffy pilot. That would be tough for this man who we don't even know the name of. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Uh, yeah, so he's dead. Uh, the, I can't remember if they named the woman vampire in the episode, so I will refrain from saying the name. No, they did. I mean, later in the episode, yeah. because we got the subtitles on. Darla. Mm, yeah, okay. So, yes, Darla has killed. We. It, she slayed. She slayed, yes. Uh, it, interesting to get... I, I like this choice to introduce us to the vampires before the slayer. True. Well, she... Maybe they thought they thought the viewers would think, oh, is this Buffy? And she's the vampire who is also a slayer. Mm. Buffy the vampire, comma, slayer. That would be interesting. Did Joss ever think of that? I think he was focused on other things. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, then right after that, we get the theme song for the first time, I think. 
Uh, it's either right here or after. No, yeah, I think it's. I think it's here. We'll 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 say it. We'll talk about it here. The theme song so iconic, so fun. I can't like every time it's on, can't stop dancing to it. Okay, I have to be honest. I can't even remember the theme song. Oh my gosh. Um, so I'm gonna have to look out for that in episode two. You were I dancing feel like, when it was on. I okay. Promise. Well, I trust you to remember that. But I feel like TV theme songs always sort of go over my head, and I don't care about them. I sort of zone out and. I love the the skip feature. Like on Netflix, when you get to skip the opening credits, I'm mm-hmm. always doing that. So sorry to all the people who worked on this theme song, but if that was an option, I would skip it. Wow. That is... And I kind of did that in my mind. <laughs> clearly, clearly, you erased <laughs> that uh, experience. That is a hot take. Uh, this is such a good theme song. You, I mean, now that we've talked about it, we'll have to get your impressions after uh, The Harvest. Yeah, well, we have to two. save something for episode two. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have nothing to talk about otherwise. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, then I guess we'll have to wait to get your impressions of the theme song till then. Uh, just <laughs> everyone listening can know that I love the theme song. Um, it slays so fucking hard. Okay, um, so we go to the Buffy. She's in bed. Uh, surrounded by white linens, she's having this nightmare. Yeah, I mean, you get like little flashes of vampiric action, things that might happen. Is it a premonition? Is this something that has already happened to her and she's having a nightmare? She's remembering? We don't really know. Well, we do We do find out later in the episode, but at this opening juncture, mm-hmm. we have no idea what's going on. We didn't know. I really loved this. Um, it just, I, okay, something about me is that I spent several, several years in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer Tumblr fandom. Uh, got very into reading closely with this specific text. Uh, so I can't help but think about it a little academically at times. And I just loved the idea of... Buffy surrounding herself with this like innocence white linens like as she sleeps but she still can't even escape inside her mind so she's like trying to surround herself trying to convince herself or like live as somebody who she's just not I think that makes sense uh she seems like that quintessential California girl she's young she's pretty she's blonde she just wants to be angelic but she's sucked down into the the darkness mm-hmm so wait, you have not seen the movie, no? Okay, and I've only seen it once. Was she the was it the same actress in the movie? It is not. The movie came out in like ninety three, mm. so this was long before. I mean, not long before years. Uh, and the it doesn't directly correlate. Like it, the the it's not. Oh, got it, it. So it's not like a prequel to the show. Like it. Isn't it isn't like there are some things that are still true of the show that happened in the movie, but then there's other things that have changed. Uh, there is a comic book that tells the story of the movie, but sort of like more in line with what the show is all about. Got it. Well, maybe we'll have to read that so we can get sort of the background. Sure. There's a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer comics, so we can, you know, we'll think about that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Buffy's mom wakes her up because she doesn't want Buffy to be late for her first day. Excuse me. Uh, that was gross. Probably too close to the microphone. Uh, and so she takes her to school. She's like, try not to get kicked out. And Buffy's like, I promise I'll try. So then we're hearing like, Oh my God, what happened to Buffy? Like she got kicked out of her last school. What did she do? Who did she slay? 
uh, what's the background here? And then she, her mom is like, oh, like go make friends or something. Mm-hmm. And Buffy seems like, she seems like a sociable person. She seems like she'll make friends. Uh, yeah, she seems like she would skyrocket to the top of any social uh, sphere mm. she's, she'd be a part of. And it seemed like she has that option if she chose to. Yeah, kind of like the Katie Heron of this mm. new high school. Like See? The, the new girl, uh, everyone wants to be her. Everyone wants to be with her. <laughs> Uh, and we kind of get that in that opening shot. She's, she's sort of walking up the stairs to her beautiful new California high school. It's like, my high school didn't look like this. Where was my beautiful campus? Um, I love an outdoor hallway. Sorry to my campus. If, if anyone from my high school is listening, our high school is kind of ugly. Um, didn't even have a campus. I, we were, you know, we were in a building. Yeah. We had a building. We had a little track field with the with the football field and the bleachers, but no one really hung out there. Anyway, Buffy's walking up. All the boys are staring at her. They're like, who is this gorgeous new girl coming to our high school? We all want to be with the new girl. The, the guy is on his skateboard. He's like skating through. This is Xander. Introduction to Xander Harris. Yeah, yes. the, ma- the main male character, would you say? Well, of the five who are in the theme song that you erased from your memory, he and Giles are the two men. Okay. And I would say Xander was more of a main character than Giles. Sure. Well, he's like skating through. He's like, get out of my way. I'm goofy. You kind of get that. Like, he's kind of the class clown, the goofball. Yeah. He's like, he's skating through. And so, like, that could be a way to introduce a character in, like, a cool way. But while he's skating, he's like, I don't know how to stop. Like, I can't get out of my way. Like, he does. It's it's undercutting himself and, and any possibility of him being cool by him being just, like, so, uh, uncool constantly true and then he sees buffy and he slams straight into the railing Mm -hmm. and he falls right off of his skateboard but he doesn't look like he's that injured like it looks like they used a stunt double for that shot (laughs) probably there there you know the stunt doubles on this show uh go in and out of being (laughs) extremely noticeable (laughs) um and then do he and Buffy talk a little bit? No, this is so he Buffy's like on her way I on her way out of the school. This is one of many shots of Buffy in this episode that I noticed this time where she is like being seen from behind exiting the scene. She like she's constantly on her way out the door, on her way down the hallway, on her way up the stairs in this episode just like always leaving. I I, I don't know but we got I took I took a bunch of screenshots of it. Oh yeah, on our Twitter I'm also running partially a Buffy out of context Twitter account as on our Buffy boyfriend's Twitter. Uh, So look out for that. But yeah, so I was really watching closely for a lot of this. And there's just so many shots of her like leaving the doorway. It was making me laugh. Um, But no, this is where so Xander hits himself in the crotch. Ooh, got him. Uh, And then so that's when Willow is introduced and like they're talking. Mm, Okay. And we get this is Allison Hannigan. Mm -hmm. I knew her from other media american pie how am i your mother true two things i've never actually oh. seen but i do know her from being in those shows okay uh movie mm-hmm. movie and show and she's uh that's willow yeah doesn't really make much of an impression to me to be honest um maybe that's intentional uh by the writing and the acting choices she's yeah yeah she's like the wallflower dorky smart girl yeah she's Clearly being set up to be, like, the smart helper of mm-hmm. the Buffy universe. Sure. Uh, yeah, so Xander's like, I need help on the math. And Willow says, like, go to the library. You need to get, like, this textbook or, like, something about trigonometry. I don't know if this was 
And uh, there was a lot of, in this episode, people being like, if you need the textbook, go to the school library. Where did that come from? I don't know. I mean, we both went to high school after the 90s, but that, I, I feel like your teacher has the textbook. <laughs> yeah. But multiple times in this episode, we were told to, I mean, obviously they're just centering the library as that is the home base of Giles, but that it, it did not ring true to me. No. So I guess if you need a book, go to the library, which makes sense. But not a textbook. Yeah. But I mean, in in the real world, don't go to the library if you need a textbook. Any high schoolers who are listening and you need, you're new to the school, you need a textbook. It's all online these days, I bet. Yeah. Don't they give out like iPads at, on the first day of school? Yeah. I've had laptop. Uh, not a textbook. No. VR headset. Uh, so Buffy's on her way in. She goes and talks to Principal Flutie. See, this is why I needed to read this um, uh, summary before I started reading it out loud on the pod they didn't even include that xander and willow scene in this paragraph they skip right to her talking to principal flutie well you're gonna have to edit the wikipedia, the wikipedia page, page. <laughs> yeah. this will be part of my grand work here i'll be make i'll be uh what's the dummy checking the yeah. buffy wikipedia well yeah are you on wikipedia or are you on like the buffy wikipedia i am on buffy.fandom.com oh and they don't have the full plot they have most of it, but they, they skipped over this scene that, you know, introduces two of the leads of the entire show. Mm, maybe the fandom doesn't think this is the real introduction of these two characters. Mm, could be. Okay. Meeting with Principal Flutie. He rips up her, uh, like, whatever grades or, like, her background information. What's that called? Permanent record. Uh, mm. And then he's like, this is a fresh start for you. And even if it says, and we don't hear what it says, but then he starts, like, taping it back together because he thinks Buffy's going to be a problem. But he wants her to, like, flourish. True. He he seems like the, the cool principal. He wants people to call him by his first name, but nobody ever does. Yeah. Even though Buffy does. She tries, but then after he says nobody else does it, she gets in line. True. Um, so she she's a rule follower. That's what we learn about Buffy in this scene. Yes. This... Except in her last school. It seems like she wasn't following many of the rules. Yeah. He said, like, she says, it's not that bad. And he says, you burned down the gym. And then she's like, but you don't understand. It was full of vampire. <laughs> I mean, asbestos. Uh, you know, I would think that she'd be a little more practiced in keeping that closer to the chest. Yeah. But... She didn't really hold that in. She, If I was the principal, I would be like... I would I would question her more. I would be like, what what exactly did you say? Because you, you weren't saying asbestos. Yeah, almost completely different words didn't have any similar sounds at all. <laughs> but he kind of just glosses over that. He's like, he's probably like, this girl's new. She's got a lot on her mind. She's gonna be overwhelmed. And yeah, and she, and he's just kind of like, hey, like try it out here. We like if our if your needs and our needs don't mesh, like he's just like, then you're gonna have to go. Like he but he's willing to give her a fresh chance or a fresh start whatever new second chance true and i i have to say so i was never the new kid at school um so i don't know how this works so any new kids at school you can sound off in the comments let me know i'm wrong but does every new kid at the beginning of the year meet with the principal or do they just kind of because i didn't meet with my principal before the school year we were just like kind of given our schedules and off we go I think it's different because, and I, I only uh, matriculated once at an off time, but it was at the start of middle school. So kind of like still not very, not, I didn't think of myself as n that new, I guess. Or I mean, I don't know. There were a lot of new kids at the same time as me. So I was part of a group, but I think that 
Buffy is coming in partway through the school year mm. and she has this history. Got it. So I think that's why it's, just, you know, just sort of setting the groundwork. Like he's like, don't get expelled. And she's like, I'll try. Got it. I guess I, when I was watching the episode, cause most high school shows do this. They're like the TV season starts mm. in fall and the high school episodes start in fall and they go through like an academic year throughout the whole season. So I think I had that in my mind that, Okay, we're in September. Mm-hmm. We're at the start of a new school year. That makes sense. But I think that it's probably since they started airing in March, mm-hmm. these episodes are in March, mm-hmm. is my assumption. Got it. Um, but yeah, we you will go back to a under, like a regular te- television slash high school schedule at the start of season two. If we get there. We'll, we, we will get at least three episodes into season two as part of our 15. Okay, I feel like the, the goal keeps changing. No, it's always been 15 episodes. Okay. And there's 12. And I chose 15 specifically for a reason because that third episode of season two is good. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. So Buffy goes out in the hallway. Bump, someone bumps into her. She drops a bunch of stuff on the ground. And so Xander comes over and helps to clean it up. Help yeah. Him. So Xander helps her up and she drops a wooden stake on the ground um very prominent not subtle at all um i don't know really really where she was hiding it because did she have like a bag it was in her bag yeah all this stuff came out of her out of her like satchel got it okay why i mean the stake looked bigger than the satchel um so i don't know where it was hiding especially with all of her other like school supplies but she kind of just left it there and kept going it was comically large, and I would just think that she would be, like, really uh, aware of where that thing is, especially since we find out that she doesn't want to be a vampire slayer, but she still brought the stake to school just in case. Yeah. Well, as we just saw in the previous scene, she's not very subtle about her vampire slaying because she almost dropped that to the principal. So she seems kind of aloof. Yeah. So this is where we get Xander meeting Buffy for the first time. He accidentally says, can I have you instead of can I help you? Really laying it on thick that Xander's attracted to her. Yeah. No thoughts. No additional thoughts. And she she seems uninterested in that romantic advance. Yeah. This is an, this is one of the scenes where, she, like, as, they're, as she's talking to someone or someone's talking to her, she's already down the hallway on her way to the next class. So, yeah. She goes to her class. Oh, do you have more thoughts? Um... Not really, Xander. I mean, Xander, it's at the end of the scene. She forgot the stake. Xander picks it up and, like, has it. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I guess I just would have, you know, expected her. To, if, if she really is so opposed to being a vampire slayer, having the stake would be front of her mind, I think. But she hesitant. You know, she's just back into u- her use. She's used to carrying these things around. Doesn't even rec- recognize when she drops one. Yeah. Well, maybe she's so interested in not being the vampire slayer. She's like intentionally getting rid of her things. So she's like, this is an opportunity to get rid of this damn stake. Subconsciously erasing it from her vision. It like rolled away. She's like off down the hallway. She's like out of sight, out of mind. Like this is not my problem anymore. So you've been reading the episode titles. Is that an episode? It is indeed. Which one? Out of sight, out of mind? Yes. 
down the hallway. Down the hallway. Uh, no, yeah. Out of, I believe that's season one, episode eleven. Wow. Uh, but I, you know, I could be wrong. Uh, okay, so she, we get this shot. Of, we get this shot of a class, and we, you overhear the teacher teaching, and it, was, it really was making me laugh. The like the, the like line they wrote for her, but she was like, she kept being like, and then it was what plague, and nobody would respond, and she was, it's the bubonic plague, and that brought us in what social change, and then like they they did like three of those, and then the bell rang, and nobody said anything. Uh, it's really making me laugh. Yeah, the teacher was like weirdly excited and animated talking about the bubonic plague. She was like, and it brought about this exciting change in history. And I'm like, girl, it killed like half the world. Why are you so excited about this? I mean, maybe she loves cleanliness. I like cleanliness. I bet it, I bet, I think that's what it was. People learn to be a little more cleaner uh, given the plague. Maybe. We'd have to look at that textbook, though, to see. Yes, page 63. But Buffy doesn't have a textbook. And who's sitting next to her but Queen Bee Cordelia Chase? Queen. The legend. The Regina George of the high school. Regina George is the Cordelia Chase of high school. Oh, yeah, because this came first. Indeed. Um, Cordelia graciously lets Buffy share her book for the class um what a giving giving person yeah she seems like a nice girl she's like okay i see this other uh this girl who who's new to school she's like kind of lost i've got a new minion here Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take her under my wing and uh show her the ropes yeah so we they they leave class and she's like i'll show you the way to the library so you can get the book Mm. (laughs) for yourself um and cordelia tests buffy's coolness factor and asks some questions uh vamp nail polish uh i believe that was out that's out that's so last month or whatever james spader he's hot we gotta call him he needs to call me very that was that when i was going back and rewatching it that was definitely the funniest slide for me given we're 25 years later (laughs) i go i mean i googled him to make sure i'm thinking of the right person uh really made me laugh did you google what he looked like in 1997 i did not maybe i should have done that let's see what was he doing in 1997 was this was he a movie star back then is he was he ever a movie star i i'm not sure Um, sorry james spader if you're a movie star it's not like he was like that hot uh maybe maybe he's well like it's you know he looks pretty good in this picture yeah i guess not really my type no but i can see how a Cordelia would be into that, I guess. I guess. He's got like the blonde surfer hair. Maybe that's California for her. There just must have been a hotter person that they could have referenced, but this was Joss Whedon's peak of male handsomeness, I guess, Mm. in this moment. Did Joss Whedon look like that in 1997? (laughs) Absolutely not. And then she, she asked about frappuccinos, I believe, and... Tasty, but... Trendy. Trendy. Uh, I feel like that's... That's gone out the window here in 2022. Do people drink frappuccinos now? I don't think so. Do they still make those? Yes. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, Buffy got to skip the written exam because she's from L.A. That, like, this that kind of, this kind of, like, quippy dialogue and just, like, very funny repartee is, um, like, a part of the language of the show and just, like, part of, like, what makes it what it is. And it uh, has really impact imprinted on me. I love this stuff now. Yeah, I was really into it. As someone who just got back from L.A., I feel like I would pass the, the written test easily. Do you think that's true? <laughs> well, you're from L.A., so you don't even have to take it. Right. So I can skip right past that. Mm-hmm. 
and so yeah, Buffy passes, <laughs> and so she's like, "Oh, thank goodness!" Buffy's like on top of the world for like one second. She's like thrilled that she's like fitting in and making a new friend, and then like Cordelia and Buffy get to the watering fountain, and Willow is drinking water, and Cordelia is like. Uh, Willow, it's so great you've seen the softer side of Sears. And she's insulting Willow's dress. And Willow says, my mom picked it out for me. And Cordelia just says, can you move? <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a hydrated queen. She's like, Willow has filled up her water bottle. I just, I want to fill up my water bottle too. So she's like, get out of the way. Yeah. You, that's, a, that, I, that's my generous reading of the interaction. You seemed very heartbroken in, when we were watching together. You said, oh, no, she's mean. <laughs> it's like I knew she was going to be the mean girl, but that was low. That was a low blow. Yeah. And you could tell Buffy, Buffy was not into it. She was like, ooh, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this plot twist. Yeah, she's a protector of the meek. Uh, and Willow is meek distilled into a person yeah so they all kind of split up right or is there more to that interaction not really they kind of just head over to the library yeah like well cordelia says you should come to the bronze tonight mm, uh mm, yeah half a block from the bad part from the good part of town we don't have a whole lot of town here uh yeah. you might know you might notice i'm quoting directly without looking at anything i've seen this episode so many times uh and she just says you should come even like it's the only bar in town really this is you know one of the hang i feel like the bronze and the library are like the central the locations. two genders <laughs> sure yeah the bronze yeah did you have a bronze in your hometown were you going to the club in high school there was an under 21 club in pittsburgh called club zoo that i never ever went to uh it had no interest in going mm, that's too bad yeah um no i was more of a go to my friends like i had a bunch of friends and we would all go to my r1 friend's house and watch movies and stuff on the weekend that, that was fun that was your bronze yeah it was it but, seems like this isn't the weekend though this seems just like a regular school night they're going clubbing yeah it's the hang I good for them this i mean this must have been a thing i mean i don't know if it must have been a thing but like you know back in the 90s there weren't like it, well, people weren't like i aming after school they had to like call or go see each other. Mm, yeah, face to face interaction. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this is when we get introduced to Giles. Buffy goes to the library. Buffy says, "I need this book," and she's like trying to get the history book. But Giles says, "I know what you want," and he pulls out this comically large book that reads "Vampire," spelled uh, in a historical way. It was like V A M P Y R. Yeah. So you can tell it's old. It's from Europe or something. Um, Giles has sort of been carting it around maybe. Or, or did, do you think it came with the library and he sort of inherited it? I bet he brought it. Yeah. He seems like, well, he's, oh yeah, he's from England. He's from, he's got a British accent. So he probably brought it across the pond with him. Do you think this is the British spelling of vampire? No, I think this is probably like the uh, the Romanian spelling from the 1400s because mm. it looks like an old book. I, I, I agree. Mm. It's got the, the rotting yellow pages. Mm-hmm. Buffy says, that's not what I'm looking for. And she runs out. What was What's your first impression of Giles? Mercurial. Mercurial. Yeah. Uh, he seemed weird. He was like weird, weirdly too dressed up to be a school librarian. Mm-hmm. He was wearing like a three-piece suit He's hanging out in this dark library. The library does look cool. Um, it looks like uh, something you would see at like the Library of Congress, maybe. Like a, a nice, beautiful reading room and not something that belongs in high school. Hmm. Okay. 
I don't know. Did your library look like that? Well, the Halloween theme song is playing outside our window somewhere. Um, okay. I I would spooky. I, it wasn't exactly like this. I mean, it wasn't like as like dark and imposing, but it also what like there was there were like there was like a reading area. There was like a central area to it that was like removed from books. Okay. Well, I guess we had very different libraries. Different library experiences yeah. in the high school. So yeah, Giles, he seems he seems weird, creepy. Like if I was Buffy, I would have the exact same reaction. I'd be like I don't want to hang out with this guy. He is old. Like old, like 30. Yeah, 30 yeah. something. 30 something. British. Too dressed up to be in a high school. Um Sam's checking the volume to make sure I'm talking loud enough. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm checking to make sure that the Halloween theme song isn't coming through. I don't think it is. Sorry. Anyway, um yeah, he weird and I I wouldn't want to hang out with him. Well, sure. We, I mean, we as we would be high school sophomores at this point. Uh, I can understand her running away, and especially if she's trying to not do her duty as the Slayer. She, this is not her the place to be. True. So she's she's out of there. She doesn't take the book. She doesn't get her textbook either. It looks like. Did she get a textbook or did she? No, just she's sort of... she bolted. This yeah. was another shot of Buffy like running out of a doorway. Wow. Sarah Michelle Gellar really perfected the leaving the scene. She and you know her hair always looks incredible, and this episode is no different. Uh, okay, so she goes out into the quad. She meets up with Willow, and she's just like, "Hey, like I heard that you like." And Willow still thinks that she's going to be mean to her because Willow mm-hmm. just assumes everyone's going to be mean to her. Well, she saw her hanging out with Cordelia yeah. when Cordelia negged her, so Neg. I can see where uh, where Willow has this thought. Definitely, yeah. No, it, it's just she's like, uh, "Sorry, do you need me to move again?" <laughs> um, and Buffy just says, "No, not at all." Like she's just like, "I need help catching up." Uh, and so Willow once again direct. She's like, "You should go to the library. Uh, we we can hang out there. It's quiet there." And Buffy says, "I need to. I need it to be louder to study." Yeah. Well, Buffy says she's like, "Oh yeah, I've heard around the school that like if I need to catch up, you're the one to talk to." And it's like we haven't seen that scene. Like all we've seen is Buffy talk to Cordelia about going to the Bronze and Giles talking about vampires. We didn't see anyone say. Hey, Willow's smart. Willow's the the nerd of the school. That's true. Maybe she just assumed that if Cordelia was being mean to her, she's the nerd. <laughs> I guess, but I mean that is also being I mean, Cordelia could also be smart. You can be mean and smart. 100%. Yeah. She has layers. Uh and yeah, so she's like, "Hey, can you help me?" And then Xander and Jesse come. Uh, this was a, I, I was noticing the choreography of this scene a lot. I had never <laughs> thought about it very much before, but they arrive and then Xander throws Jesse his backpack. It's like, why was Xander carrying it? And then during the scene, Xander like crosses between Buffy and Willow like three different times. Like he's standing behind the wall, then he's on the ground next to Jesse, and then he's back up on the wall sitting next to them. It was very strange. You know, to, to call back to earlier in the episode, it reminds me of a scene in Scream when they were all like hanging out at the high school. They're all sitting by the water fountain and all the guys are like jumping around the water fountain while the girls just sort of like sit down and they're talking about mm. the latest murder. And that was the vibe I got. So maybe Joss Whedon watched Scream, saw that scene and was like, these are just like high schoolers hanging out at lunch. And this is what every high school looks like. I actually think this predates Scream. 
Oh, okay. So Scream must have watched, watched this Buffy scene. The Vampire Slayer. I'm just going to check my work on that. Uh, no. <laughs> Sorry. I was told... Okay, well, I was confused by... Okay, so this Scream came out in December 1996. Buffy aired in March 1997. This could have been Parallel Thought. Maybe they filmed at the same location, and there was like one high school scene being filmed on one side of the quad and one on the other, and they both had little fountains, and they were like... That's cool choreography. We should reincorporate that into our scene. That must have been it. So yeah, so Jesse and Xander are trying to get more information from Buffy. Everybody wants to hear about the new girl, um, especially Xander. He's like, what are you interested in in a man? Uh, and Jesse says, if you have any dark, painful secrets you want us to publish, let us know. Trying to get more information on Buffy. Uh, and then Cordelia comes up and she's like, <laughs> She's like, sorry to interrupt your social downturn or something like that. And Willow says, she's not hanging out with us, trying to save her from like <laughs> being associated with them. Um, okay, sorry. I was checking on when Scream 2 came out, December 1997. Sarah Michelle Gellar in Scream 2. Wow. Um, okay. She was really booked and busy that year. Yes. Uh, and Cordelia... Oh, wait. So we must have skipped over... Okay, this thing is like not... Let me say, because th- I don't know that this has really let us know that about the scene where they find a dead guy in the locker. Damn, this Wikipedia thing, not great. Did that already happen? It must have, because that's why Cordelia, Cordelia comes up. She says the class is canceled because of the dead guy in the locker. Okay, so we should flash back to <laughs> the scene where they find the dead guy in the locker. Yeah. Well, oh, so they were talking. It was like two girls hanging out in the girls' locker room, and they're like, Buffy, what a weird name. And then, uh, ironically, they both have weird names. What are their names? Aphrodisia. Yeah, so they say, Buffy, where's that name even from? And then the next line is someone saying oh hey aphrodisia <laughs> She's like, hey. and then the other girl's named aura mm-hmm. and more so u- more usual yeah like say. a rita aura that's spelled differently <laughs> yeah like an aura like a, a good aura or if you're lady gaga a bad aura mm. does she have a bad aura well she has a song about she says a song called aura that is cultural appropriation i believe oh that's not good yes like the song is cultural appropriation or it's about cultural appropriation? I, I remember Discourse when it came out because it's like about a burka and it's sort of like, girl, why are you singing this? Mm, I hope thing. she's removed that from her concert repertoire. I think it has been. Mm. Uh, <laughs> not to dwell. <laughs> um, yeah, so after, you know, Aura has a dead guy in her locker. Really giving Scream Girl, like incredible Scream Queen moment. Uh, this, this was an incredible job. You know, she should have had a bigger part. I would have loved to see more from her. She really sold. Yeah. I'm hoping that these two girls come back in the next episode as like background characters. We're going to see them at the high school, give some character to these unnamed minions. Sort of like Paris's, uh, girls in Gilmore Girls. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. What were their names? Something in Maddie. Sound off in the comments if you know. I, ooh, I hope that nobody listens to this. I'm sorry for forgetting their names. I, I love them. I, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, Aura finds a dead guy in her locker. And so Cordelia comes up. The to, dead guy from the opening scene. From the opening scene, exactly. The Bradley Cooper type. <laughs> yes. And he was really giving Brad as he fell like a dead person on Aura. Um, 
Cordelia says, extremely dead, way dead. Sanders says, so just not not just a little dead then. And, uh, you know, more witty repartee in that way. Uh, Cordelia just says, like, okay, whatever, like, bye. <laughs> well, no, because Buffy was asking, like, some very pointed questions about, like, did he have yes. bite marks? How dead was he? Yeah. Et cetera. And that seemed to turn Cordelia off. So she seems Even to more. be having, like, a, a very negative uh, experience with Buffy. She was, like, she was cool at first, but she's not my people. Yeah. Like, it. I, it felt like Cordy, Buffy could have saved herself if she had just been caught hanging out with Willow, Xander, and Jesse. But since, like, Cordy, she really asked some weird questions. And just, uh, you know, later in the episode, Buffy's slayer status affects her uh, interactions with Cordelia a lot more as well. With the stick. Yeah. We'll get there. Yes. Uh, so Buffy says, okay, well, then I gotta go. <laughs> She's like, were there any marks, etc.? She goes to the locker room. It's locked. Uh, and Buffy pulls really hard and, like, the door breaks. Mm, and you can see the wall breaking. They were like, they did not build that set very sturdily. They are like, we need to make this so Sarah Michelle Gellar can open up. Yeah, I think they built it with intention to do as it did. So it wasn't built like a real wall. It was built like a, a set that they could break. Why don't you think it was like a real wall? Well, because they wanted it to break. They made it easy. Yeah, but I think it's just like a door that she like snapped open. Mm. Well, maybe they didn't lock it when they went to film the scene. We can edit this out. But what do you mean? I, I, it's, I think it delivered on what it was supposed to. It looks like she it was locked and she forced it open. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, she pulls out the dead guy and she sees two uh, bite marks in his neck. You don't see that every day. Well, maybe she does. She but, does. But most people don't. She knows exactly what that means. Uh, and she goes to the library, confronts Giles. She's like, hey, like, what's going on? This was, I was not expecting this at all. Uh, fuck you, basically. And she's taking it all out on Giles. And I think that's fair. Like, he knew there were vampires around. Uh, and he didn't say anything at first. Why don't we take a break for a second? You think he knew? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like he had to know. Why else would he be this British guy in this quiet town in California? I think because he knew that Buffy was coming there. But like, well, I think he knew. Yeah. Well, he definitely knew about the center of mystical convergence. He's like, we're on a hellmouth. This is like this. There's so many things that's been happening here. Strangely. Um, you're right. He must. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say he knew. Asshole move. So I'm with te- I'm on team Buffy here. That's not his fault. We can say it was, though. But this happened before even Buffy went to school here. Well, like the night before. Yeah. She was, like, enrolled. <laughs> she should have been patrolling already. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, and so Buffy, Giles is like, you. well, you're the Slayer. Like, you have to protect everybody. Like, I can't do anything. I'm the Watcher. I'm supposed to prepare you and train you. Buffy's like, I'm retired. I'm not doing this. Yeah. So I guess uh, this will be something we figure out as the show goes on. But I, I'm interested in the mythology. So there's only one vampire slayer in the whole world. And it has to be a young high school girl. Yeah. And nobody else can slay vampires. Well, if I had to put it in a way to explain it, I would say that into every generation, there is a chosen 
she alone must stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness uh, and stop the spread of their evil. She is the Slayer. Okay. And there's nobody else that can help? Well, I think that's part of, you know, well, we see in this episode, you know, she's the one doing most of the work, but like she's got these friends who are part of it too. Giles is maybe going to help her out. We'll see. Got it. It just seems like there's not enough slayers for how many demons there are to be slayed. Very true. I guess they need to fill out a whole episode order. They need to have like so many demons for each episode. Mm-hmm. Well, she's and yeah, I mean, she's just one girl in this one town. Like, uh, what about demons on the other side of the country? Who's stopping them? Not Buffy. No, because she's in Sunnydale. But, I mean, hey, maybe there's demon hunters over there, but... The spinoff? Could be. We'll never know. Uh, or maybe we'll learn more about the world as we go through the show. Who knows? I don't know. That doesn't sound like a TV show to me. <laughs> um, so she's just like... She, Buffy once again leaves the library, runs out. Rup- uh, I mean, Giles chases after her. Uh, and we see Xander has been in the stacks. I guess he was getting that trigonometry book. And he overheard the whole conversation. True. Or he saw Buffy going to the library and he followed her there because he's into her and Mm. he's being creepy. I'm not getting good vibes from Xander so far in this episode. I'm like, I know they're setting them up as like maybe to be a couple eventually, but so far I'm not liking that. And I hope she doesn't end up with him. I think, yeah. I mean, I think he is being a little creepy. I I feel like this this used to be a big thing and like definitely... I mean, maybe it's still being done, but it feels like it wasn't, it's no longer done in this way where, like, this guy is, like, so, being so weird. I don't know, it, it was, it, but it does feel like a, a character trope I'm familiar with, but it's just, he's just, like, so overwhelmingly horny for her. Yeah, it's bad. And I mean, I get, what, how old are they supposed to be? They're 15, Sophomores, 16? Okay. Yeah. So maybe he'll have, like, a growth arc where where he'll learn about how creepy he was being and, and grow into be a, a respectful person. But I'm not seeing that yet. <laughs> not through episode one. No, maybe episode two. We'll check in <laughs> about Sanders creepiness. Um, yeah. So B- Buffy and Giles continue their confrontation in the hallway. This is, you know, uh, once again, not on the Wikipedia summary, but <laughs> it did happen. Um, and so they just, they keep arguing and, Giles is like, you have to be ready like for anything. I can't remember what exactly they discussed now. It's not on the summary. No, I don't even remember that scene. Mm. I just he's like standing over her. Yeah. He is much taller than her. Like they really went out of their way to cast like a really tall actor for that role so he can look imposing and mercurial. Anthony Stewart Head, one of our most mercurial actors. What's he doing these days? I, I don't think I've ever heard of him. Well, he is in Repo the Genetic Opera. Uh, but that was many, many years ago as well. I don't actually know what he does right now. Watcher for the next generation. You know, I'll, this can be the IMDb DD for episode two. Okay. I'll, I'll look into Anthony Stewart Head's most recent work. Okay. So we get, we cut to Buffy's house. She's getting ready for the evening. She's trying to pick out something to wear. She's, she's having a lot of difficulty. Yeah. She's like, she's got two outfits. Well, in the in the mirror, she's like, "Am I gonna be a slut or am I gonna be a nun or something?" She's, yeah, she's and that's exact. Those are the exact words she uses. She says, "I don't understand this reference." Very nineties. Uh, she says, "Can I offer you a copy of the Watchtower?" I don't know. 
I don't know what that is. Uh, and so, yeah, her mom comes in. She says, are you going out tonight? And Buffy says, yes, to a club. Joyce says, will there be boys there? And Buffy says, no, mom, it's a nun club. Oh, that, maybe that's where I'm getting the nun mm-hmm. from. But uh, she definitely called herself, or the outfit, slutty. Oh, yeah, she says, hi, I'm a ginormous slut or something like that. Yeah. She should have a better view of herself. Mm-hmm. More self-esteem. Yeah, I feel like um, a man wrote this episode hmm. in the 90s. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, this is where we learn that Buffy's mom, I mean, she's like, we can really make it work here. And Buffy's like, his, her mom's like, I'm going to get the gallery up and running. And we'll, like, that'll be great for us. I, she, she moved to a new town and instantly started her own business, opening a gallery. I, you know, I, I felt like Joyce could have been her own lead character in this episode. Yeah, where are the side scenes with Joyce? Like, she could be running this cool gallery. Uh, is it an art gallery? I guess that's what that's what it brings to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems cool. She seems like a cool mom raising Buffy. On her own. Yeah. But doesn't know about the slaying. No. Because, yeah, but she, she thinks Buffy fell in with the wrong crowd in her old school. And Buffy promises her... That she's back to just hanging out with the living. And then she's like, uh, I mean, lively. Mm. Another vampire asbestos moment. This one's a little more understandable. Yeah. Yeah. This really could have been like a, a Gilmore Girls-esque uh, plot where you follow Buffy and you follow Joyce and they sort of converge. And maybe there's a grandma who also comes in and you get sort of like the three women leads. I, yeah. I That would have been... Good. Uh, love love Buffy's mom in this episode. Maybe we'll see more of her. Maybe we'll never see her again. We'll see. Who knows? We won't see her again. I said. I said. May. I said. Maybe we'll see more of her. Maybe we'll never see her again. We'll find out. Okay. Fair. Uh, Buffy heads to the bronze, dressed up, ready to go. She gets the sense of someone following her. Shadowy man following her down these down these alleyways. We get this. He. This man's like coming through the shadows. We pan up to see Buffy like upside down on a rod hanging over the alleyway and she swings down and kicks him in the back, knocking him to the ground. Do you think Sarah Michelle Gellar performed that stunt on her own? I do not. Okay. Well, go off stunt double. Quite the acrobatics. Um, (laughs) Seems. It seemed physically impossible, but uh, I guess when you're the slayer, you have... Uh, supernatural talents physically impossible and logistically unnecessary felt like she could have just turned around and started beating him up yeah i mean we saw have we seen her fight yet or is this the first like fight scene this is the first combat i would say like we got that we we found out she has super strength when she pulled the door open but like this was the first kick okay so maybe so the viewers we didn't really know what she was capable of Mm -hmm. kicking wise so this was Maybe they, she really wanted to, like, show off. Sure. I mean, creepy guy following you down the alley. It could be Xander. We don't know. And she maybe just wanted to get her point across. Mm-hmm. Be like, don't fuck with me. The point of her boot. Yeah. And she did. She did. So, yeah. Dark, handsome man on the ground stands up. Keeps talking cryptically. Yeah. He, he's gone to the same school as Giles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Different accents, but still imposing and weird not making much sense in a collared shirt the jacket uh yeah he he talks about the harvest and he says like 
I'm a friend. And Buffy says, what if I don't want any friends? And he says, I didn't say I was yours as he like disappears into the darkness. Um, like, okay. Dude. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> is that what he came to say? Or did he have more to say? Did, did he come with a purpose? Was he just trying to scare her? Scare her straight? Scare her into slaying? I don't know. Yeah. So... Also, wait, I feel like we're missing some other scenes. Have we started seeing, like, the vampires hanging out in their little underground lair yet? Those are sort of interspersed throughout the episode. They're like... That is what... Yes. Okay, so... You're so right. That was right before this this scene. Buffy and Rupert... Buffy... I keep calling him Rupert. I keep saying Rupert and I keep saying Joyce, even though I don't think either of those names are said in the episode. I'm sorry. I'm trying to not spoil anything. It's not happening. Who's Rupert? Giles, Rupert Giles. Oh, okay. uh, Giles and Buffy are talking, and this is the end of that scene in the hallway where Buffy's like, What could happen? Like, we're in a small town in California, and then they pan down through the ground, and we see all these vampires in the ground, and that is like the end of an act where they're like creepy. Doing something. And the guy's and, like, The sleeper will wake. Yeah. And I think that's the first scene we really get where you can tell this was shot in the 90s, and the, the scenes at night are looking really dark. They're extremely dark, yes. Uh, they have not been recolored for 2022, or retouched. What do they call that? Where they, like, take the remastered old... Remastered. Remastered, yeah. No, yeah, we're sitting in a comfortable 4 by 3 uh, Hulu-grade quality for now. Uh, over Thanksgiving break, I'll be bringing back some DVD boxes. Um, but, yeah, that's where we're at for now. It, we didn't get... It, we. We didn't. We were not introduced to the master yet in that scene. He rises from the blood later, but yes, he. We get this shot of all these vampires hanging out underground. We oh. see Darla. Is Darla there? Darla was there. Yeah. Um. We there was some random people. You know, someone just like carrying a torch around. Some people just sitting in old garb. Very strange stuff. Yeah. They look like vampires, <laughs> and they're they're wearing their prosthetics. They're wearing their vampire masks. And they were hanging out in a cave. Yeah. Other shows have taught me vampires are really rich because they've been alive for so long. They've been able to manipulate capitalism to their benefit. And they all have gorgeous mansions. They've got beautiful nightclubs that they hang out in. What have these vampires been doing for centuries? Hanging out underground? I feel like they're not using their time well. I agree. Like they could have a beautiful mansion in Sunnydale. I'm sure that property taxes are low. I mean, look at the thing that I mean. Joyce was able to buy this house, and she didn't with her even gallery. She she bought a house and started a business at the exact same time. The nineties, truly. Um. So yeah, Angel says I don't bite. Fuck, I said his name too. Uh, but we already knew. I we knew he was Angel. You didn't though. You found out like after the episode and tried and like read the episode summary, and you, that's when you're like, oh, that's Angel. Yeah, I've heard that call. name. Yeah. But you didn't know. He's they introduced him very early for someone with a spinoff show. Yes. I didn't realize he was a foundational character. But not in the opening credits that no. I don't remember. David Borean is credited, not in the opening credits. Mm. Um I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. Oh, but I've, I know that name. I've seen like hundreds of episodes of Bones as well. Mm. Is that what he was in? He did yeah, he did Buffy and then he did Angel and then he did Bones and then he did SEAL Team or whatever. Oh, wow. He's really Got the networks on lock. Yeah. He uh, likes to work 20 episodes a year. <laughs> I, I'm sure many do. Um, and he's done movies and stuff. That's, but, I, I mean, he's good on Bones, too. Um, okay. 
he he gives Buffy a box that has a silver cross necklace in it. Mm. Iconic. <laughs> yes, great, excellent shot. Um, so Buffy flees, uh, and she goes to uh, the Bronze, where she meets up with Willow. Yeah, she's hanging out with Willow. She they're 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 chit chatting. They're talking about boys or something, mm-hmm. something like that. Where they're like, "Oh, Willow, are you and Xander dating?" Or like Willow's waiting for Xander. And she Buffy, thought he might show up. Yeah, and Buffy's like, "Oh, are you guys together?" We learned that they dated way back when they were five, mm-hmm. and Xander stole Willow's Barbie. So it seems like he hasn't really matured much in 10 years um he still seems like kind of a jerk Mm -hmm. um and then buffy gives willow some advice she's like go after it like guys yeah guys like it when you talk like be bold go for it girl um and seize the moment yeah because tomorrow you might be dead true yeah exactly what i said mm-hmm. um yeah so i mean willow says just that willow's just very nervous she says that she, like she can't even speak when she's around guys uh and buffy yeah so buffy's commiserating with her but like wants her to be, go out there and believe in herself yeah and they, they seem like they're having a good chat but then buffy you know sees someone creepy hanging out at the bar and and who is it Giles. It's Giles. Giles is hanging out at the bar with all the high schoolers. Yeah, they let anyone in there. Before we move on, I, I do just like about this scene between Buffy and Willow, where like Willow's like down on herself, and Buffy says, "This is my philosophy." But before she says it, she says, "Do you want to hear my philosophy?" And she's like, "Do you want my advice?" Like she's just she's not just like do like she's not just like unasked for it, like evangelizing at Willow. She wants to help if Willow wants to help. Sounds like she's a good friend, like building a good friendship there. Yeah, they're definitely a lot more connected. It seems like they're connecting on a much deeper level than she did with Cordelia, who was talking about like pop culture and stuff, which is a great way to form a friendship. But like Willow and Buffy just seemed like they instantly got each other. True. I'm excited to see that friendship blossom if if Willow's in the next episode. (laughs) Who knows? We'll see. It's not called Willow the Vampire Slayer. It is not, but yeah, maybe it's just Buffy in every all of these episodes, and she's with completely new characters yeah. in every single episode. A new opening credits every episode with a new set of main cast members. That's a free idea for any TV listeners or TV writers out there. I'm trying to think of stuff that's like that. I mean, I feel like I bring this up. All, I brought this up to a lot of people. But what's that show? Easy, I think, on Netflix. It's like about a bunch of people in Chicago, and it's a bunch of different vignettes of different characters who go in and out. Very good show. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Buffy sees Giles up in the rafters, kind of up on this like weird platform. Yeah. So what is this? So this is a club, but it also looks like it's an a, abandoned warehouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like lots of like legal adults are hanging out at this bar that also lets high schoolers in, which seems weird to me. Like as a 30 year old aging myself here a little bit i would literally never go to a, a bar that let in 15 year olds i don't care how small my town is i would not be there yeah i concur um cordelia says it's like the only place in town or it's the scene she's 15 she's, <laughs> so yeah of course she thinks that's the only place she can go but no giles is there um darla is there as well we find out later but like you know adults are present i mean there's like an adult band playing too true um this they do actually feature real bands on buffy the vampire slayer in the bronze for the most part i've never heard of most of them but i did look up who this was 
This is Sprung Monkey, uh, and they did continue releasing music. Their, their, their most recent album was in 2013. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Does uh, it have a Wikipedia page, or is it like one of those albums that is blacked out? Like you can't, they don't have their own page. I, I Googled them. I'm not sure. I didn't go to Wikipedia. Let me see. Sprung Monkey. They have a Wikipedia page. Wow. Good for them. Good job, Sprung Monkey. Uh, okay. So yeah, Buffy and Giles are up in the rafters looking overlooking the crowd. And he's like, this is the perfect place for vampires to feed. There's It's dark. There's a bunch of people around. Um, and he's just like, can you even tell if there's a vampire here? And Buffy, you know, she's had enough of this guy. She's like, fuck you, Giles. I actually do know what I'm doing. I just choose not to be a slayer. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I see a vampire right now. And she picks out the vampire in the crowd. She does immediately. uh, (laughs) But she doesn't really seem to care that much about (laughs) until she realizes that the vampire is talking to Willow. Yeah, she's like, I don't really care that there's a vampire here. Yeah, he's wearing clothing from 10 years ago. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, this I felt like this was a maybe a break from character. I I I know we're like I know she's like I don't know. I feel like she would now that she's like being confronted with a vampire, she might be more directly immediately like I have to go do something. But she only does it when she finds out that it's Willow. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that Willow made a good first impression. Yeah. I I I you know I just I. I don't, I, well, I don't want to say too much. I'm Maybe just, they haven't figured out the character yet. Maybe the writing will improve. I thought this. I mean, Maybe I the thought, writing will be more consistent. I think so. I think so. Or, I mean, I know she's like a reluctant hero. And this, this is her being a reluctant hero. This is her being pulled back into the fold. And it worked well. Uh, and Giles says, what is she doing? And then Willow, or Buffy says, seizing the moment. And she goes and follows Willow and this man like out into this like corner or like this hallway i guess this goes to the bathroom like she follows them out there another scene of buffy going through a doorway uh she snaps off the end of a wooden chair so that she has a stake yes goes through the hallway like ready for anything and then comes upon somebody and buffy like immediately grabs her by the neck and has a stake up and it's cordelia queen she's continuing to slay uh iconic line what is your childhood trauma uh and buffy says did you did you see willow and cordelia says so you can attack her with the stick uh and buffy's just like she's like i gotta go and cordelia's friends are all there and cordelia pulls out this really old cell phone she says i have to call everyone i know right now yeah so she knows she's got her priorities in line she's like everyone's got to know buffy's creepy and i mean if that had happened to me i would want to call everybody too and let them know stay away from the girl with the steak yeah she just choked me out the new girl's a freak aphrodisia was right (laughs) she's a weirdo uh and so we also like buffy leaves the bronze jesse is like like goes over to cordelia and he's like hey want to dance and cordelia is like no bye and so her and her friends leave and then like darla like turns around and is like hey yeah so darla she's on the prowl she killed at the beginning of the episode and she she's looking for for her next meal darla is one of the master's most loyal subjects it seems constantly out and about good for her uh yes and so uh that then we cut under the streets of sunnydale we see uh luke and a couple of the other vampires underground 
there for when the master rises from this pool of blood uh and we are introduced to this creepy ass bald big-eared vampire yeah looking like voldemort a little bit a little bit it's a little bit voldemort yeah. looking like the, the master, master really wow so she was stealing ideas from buffy <laughs> must have been uh i read on the wikipedia page that originally he was going to have hair then the guy who plays him was like we should have me be bald and we should have long ears to pay homage to Nosferatu. Wow. So he was really leaving his mark on the series from the very start. Mm-hmm. He's there. To He's make an the reason we don't have sexy vampires in this episode, in this, in this show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I hope he gets killed off pretty quickly then. And they all become sexy soon. That would be more fun. But the- Like if he dies, maybe they all lose their, bad faced afflictions and they all become sexy and normal but they already are capable of being sexy and normal they they just choose to look like this when they need to bite somebody on true blood don't they have like their fangs like descend yeah but they still look hot and normal when they do that on true blood some people are like into that they're like that makes them even sexier when they release their fangs i yeah true blood's all about this is an allegory. Yeah. Well, we're seeking the allegory here. We'll, we'll figure it out what it is. We haven't figured it out yet. Let us know in the comments if you have an idea what the allegory is. Big calls to the comments. Yeah. We're going to have a big comment section. Uh, so the master's awake, He's but he's held in by this like invisible force field underground he's like trying they feel at it but he can't get through other vampires are able to oh that didn't even register to me i missed that scene you th- I, or i mean i watched it yeah, but it didn't it, it didn't make it i actually also did not recognize that that's what it was until my second time through the show but there's a couple times when he like reaches his hands up and he's like feeling at something and i thought he was like sending out dark energy or something but it's like <laughs> No, there's like a force keeping him in the cave. Mm, they didn't make that very clear then. They do not make it very clear. Um, and so Luke, he's like, Luke, go find me young blood. And he sends Luke out to hunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were like, I want something young. Yeah. Uh, so we go outside of the bronze and Buffy is like headed out to find out wherever Willow went. And Xander confronts her. And she's like, have you seen Willow? She left with a guy. And Xander says, Willow, getting it on. Good job. Uh, and he's just like, "It's. I hope he's not a vampire because then you might have to slay him. And she's like, did literally everybody hear that I was coming to town? Like, how does everybody know who I am? So this is where they have their first real conversation. Does he give her the stake back at this point? Does he have the stake with him? He must, he, no, he gave her the stake back in the school, like when they met in the quad. Hmm, okay. Oh, yeah, and she was like, oh, yeah, everyone in LA has these. Mm-hmm. That was her way of... Pepper spray is so passe. True. Um, yeah, I don't really remember this conversation. They just kind of, like, go to find Willow. Yeah, Xander doesn't really believe her, but then she she's being, like, really serious about it. Uh, and so he's like, okay, like, we'll go. Um, and we see Willow on the, with this guy. Uh, and she's like, I think that the ice cream parlor is over that way. <laughs> he says, I know a shortcut and takes her into the most like scary, imposing cemetery that I've ever seen. Yeah. And you know, she just goes with it. She follows. Yeah. And this, this you know, poor tough. Willow. It's like, she's getting male attention. 
for the first time since she was five with Xander. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I want I want more for Willow. She's seizing the moment because tomorrow she might be dead. I mean, she might be at this rate. Yeah. Even later tonight, she might be dead. Um, I mean, it, it, even for... And I grew up between t- betwixt and between two cemeteries. And this cemetery looked big and scary to me. Yeah. I'm used to walking through these things. And this was a weird entrance, too. It was just, like, in the middle of a fence. There was, like, a forest, and then it went down <laughs> into the cemetery. Yeah. Scary stuff. But... It's a shortcut to the ice cream parlor. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going with it. She wants to. Uh, I mean, she's trying to fuck, and she. You think she's trying to fuck, <laughs> or do you think she's trying to get ice cream? Trying to get ice cream with a boy. Yeah, leading uh, the fuck eventually. Yes, she doesn't seem like a first night. Uh, sleep with the date. I agree. This yes, I I concur with that. I, that might be seizing too far. Yeah. So they get to the cemetery. He brings her to this crypt. <laughs> he's like, he opens the door and he's like, hey, get in. Uh, she, you know, this is where her hackles come up. She's like, I, this might not be the way to the ice cream parlor through this <laughs> crypt door. So she says no. Yeah. She, he's like, have you ever been in one of these things? And she says, nope. <laughs> so I try to leave. He just throws her in there. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. Seems like Willow might have seized too much today. Yeah. Uh, you know, we need a damsel in distress, and this, that's her for today. But also, it's not just her; it's Jesse, because Darla shows up with like behind the guy, and he's like, "You were supposed to bring somebody for the master to feed on," and she's like, "I did," and Jesse's like chasing her into the crypt, like he's ready to go. Yeah, so he's been in a crypt before. He's like, "I know what it means when a girl brings me to the crypt mm-hmm. and she opens the door. I know that means we're gonna fuck." He's just so desperate for any female attention, much like Willow. Maybe they should get together. True. If, I mean, yeah, why won't these nerds just date each other? Are they nerds? Are Xander and Jesse nerds? Or do they just, like, hang out with Willow? I w- they are not academic nerds, but they are social outcasts. Got it. Dorks okay. or geeks, as it were. I see. Okay. Well, yeah, there's three of them. They could... If she's, Anything could happen. If she's tried Xander out and he's mean stealing her Barbies, what's... Jesse's right there. Young adult novel trilogies have been written on less. <laughs> Maybe there's maybe one of the comics has this trio. Could be. Uh, so yes, J- the Jesse and Willow are cowering in fear as the vampires are discussing. Jesse has already been bitten. Darla mm-hmm. got hungry on the way. Uh, he looks like he's lost some blood. Yeah, he's like passing out. Uh, and Buffy arrives. and he still followed her in there. Yeah. Well, he's like, I think you gave me a hickey. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been too dark to see the blood or feel it even. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so Buffy and Xander arrive just in the nick of time. Uh, Buffy is just like, it's like fighting a little bit. And like the, this guy who's the eighties vampire who she recognized is like, she stakes him almost immediately. Yeah. After saying he looks like DeBarge, Ru- like RuPaul, very obsessed with El DeBarge. Mm, a nineties reference or yes. an eighties reference. A reference to the eighties. Yes. And it, you know, it made a lot more sense in 97 than it did in, 2021 or 2020 whenever uh crystal method was on rupaul's drag race yeah well rupaul was alive in the 80s so he remembers indeed he was (laughs) uh and so yeah buffy's fights 
and then she's fighting with Darla a little bit and after she kills the barge and then Luke is there as well and so she's she's fighting a bunch. Yeah, and I think Xander has has swept Willow and Jesse away at this point. They're they're gone. They're not in the crypt. They're safe for now. Yeah, she's Buffy's able to handle these vampires a little bit herself. Her and Darla have a confrontation. Darla's like the only person who doesn't know who she is. Uh, she's like, don't you know who I am? Uh, finally, one person in this town hasn't heard of me. Yeah. And then this other guy, Luke, the vampire, shows up. And Darla's like, she's really strong. And then she kind of just leaves. And he he's like, I'm going to take care of this yeah. little vampire slayer. Darla has her own running through the doorway moment. Because she's like, goes to go chase off after Xander and Willow and Jesse. Oh, yeah. And so we see the three of them sort of wandering through the cemetery. They're trying to get out. Mm -hmm. And then we see a lot of vampires just sort of stumbling out of wherever. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to get out of that one. No. I don't know. We didn't we didn't see the the resolution to that. Yeah. We, we have not gotten to a conclusion yet. The, fi the final scenes are Buffy and Luke fighting. Like, Luke flips her into the uh, coffin or into the, like, sarcophagus of the crypt uh and then we have a couple seconds where buffy's just like trying to like figure out what she should do next luke leaps into the uh, sarcophagus over top of her to be continued freeze framed yes in action yes what did you think it was great i mean i i wanted to to press play on the next episode right away you got it to, you got to see what happens especially when that to be continued flashes up there yeah but yeah, I, I feel like we got a, a great introduction to the high school and the the main characters. We we saw Buffy interact with everybody important. Um, we saw her do some fighting. We saw her do some slaying. Um, yeah, it was good. I'd give it. I'd give episode two a try. Slay. That's all. That's the important part. Okay. Awesome. That was the episode synopsis. Now we've got a couple. Uh, end of episode segments. These first two that we'll do will be things I think we should do every single episode. Okay. Um, and then we'll do like some other fun thing afterward. Okay. First segment, fashion moment. Uh, was there anything that any character wore or anything like the aesthetics of the episode that really stuck out to you? Anything that really stuck out? I mean, I guess the only fashion moment I can really think of is that dress Willow was wearing just because a comment was made mm. about it being from Sears. Um, so yeah, that, that stuck in my head, but it felt like everyone was like wearing normal 90s clothes. Mm -hmm. Like the, the guys were in oversized t shirts and, and pants. The girls were wearing mini skirts, walking around school. Yeah, that that's it. Okay. Do, you, do you have anything more iconic? To, to talk about here i don't know if i would list it as iconic but positively i thought that there was a very nice clip buffy was wearing a lot of in the scenes mm. it was just like white and looked very good i thought it was very cute bad um whatever angel was wearing in his introductory scene uh the jacket was made out of some awful material and his the collar was like down past his nipples it was huge <laughs> uh and I, it looked so bad and this is was like supposed to be some good introduction of this like mysterious character and i couldn't take my eyes off of the like terrible terrible costume choice oh. well i guess now that i know that this is a segment we're gonna do mm -hmm. i'll have an eye for fashion sure. in the future episodes sorry i should have warned you ahead of time um second uh mainstay segment biggest slay 
was your what was the, what was the moment in this episode that made you go slay? When Buffy slayed her first <laughs> her first kill, you know it's it's in the title. She's the vampire slayer. If they didn't kill anybody, if she if she didn't kill any vampires in this episode, I was gonna be upset. And I mean, they waited till like the very end, like the last two minutes, for her to do some slaying. I was thinking about that. Yes, like I well, there's this there's a tweet that's like. Chosen the '90s, if it was called Surf Dracula, that MF would be surfing in every episode. But if in like today, if it was a Netflix original, we would spend all of season one learning about his dark history with the surfing, and we wouldn't see him surfing until like the last second of season one, and then like without someone, he would finally see Surf Dracula surf. Uh, and yeah, they really held. I mean, I liked this episode where like there was no mystery. Like we didn't see her slay precisely until the very end. But this is really halfway through the first episode that people saw. Um, but I was thinking about it in the, these terms where, like, I feel like if this show came out in, like on Netflix today, there would be a lot more time spent with her friends not knowing she's the Slayer. And I like that, like, they were instantly, like, they're in. They're yeah. part of the group. That's, I mean, that's part of the chemistry of the show, I think. They, they had to get the gang together. And they have. Yes. Unless they all die in the cemetery in the next episode. We don't know. Pretty ominous to be continued. Um, okay, so my biggest slay... I felt like Cordelia had a lot of very cutting remarks in this episode. And obviously, we're not supposed to be rooting for her, but she slayed. She, she ended them. <laughs> like she, she said... Xander said something stupid to her, and she said, don't you have an elsewhere to be slay? Uh, and she, <laughs> there was a scene where when Willow was walking off, and she was like, the first rule of surviving here is know your losers. Once you can identify them all by sight, you'll be able to stay away from them. <laughs> just, she was just like eviscerating people. Um, I, well, it's no secret, I love Cordelia Chase. She sits on my water bottle directly beneath Olivia Rodrigo. Um... She's an icon, and Cordelia Chase is the slayer to me. Yeah, excited to see more Cordelia one-liners. I hope she survives. I yeah, me too. We'll see. We'll see what she does. Um, and then you know, I didn't have an exact. Uh, let's. I mean, we could talk about our favorite Hulu ad. Uh, and I was I was hoping that I would be able to find some fun trivia for this episode, but. There wasn't really anything much on the Buffy Wiki. Uh, they, they had a big segment on continuity where they were like, these people are like, this is brought up again later. And I was like, this is not helpful for a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we saw that LL Bean uh, ad and it said Bean Outsider. Yeah, I thought that was good. I had never seen that one before and I was into it as, a, as someone who owns LL Bean product. Mm-hmm. They had um, a cover of um, an Enya song. Mm-hmm. as the song and i'm i'm familiar with that mainly through dairy girls yeah and my hulu i've been getting these like anti-smoking ads on hulu about this guy who has lung cancer mm-hmm. and has to tell his family and i'm like i yeah i'm an anti-smoker but i don't know why i'm i'm being fed these ads on every show i watch like i don't know what i'm clicking on <laughs> that tells hulu that i am a smoker that would resonate with this commercial um so yeah, if Hulu, if you're listening, you can stop sending me that commercial. I don't smoke. We've got to make good on this Hulu segment um, while we can before I get my DVDs back. Because these these first couple episodes until Thanksgiving will be the only chance we have to talk about the Hulu ads. That we but we, I mean, if we really want to, we can keep watching. I don't. I hope that I have a better segment for uh, episode two. And, I'm, and I'll make sure that I do. Well, this may be your one and only time to hear about our favorite and least favorite <laughs> Hulu ads. So I hope you enjoyed. 
I hope everybody did too. Okay, um, predictions for episode two. What do you think is going to happen next? I think she's probably going to get her gang out of this cemetery somehow. Um, perhaps she will have a confrontation with the master. Um, maybe. I don't know. I bet we will see some more of their day-to-day life at high school. Um, yeah, I mean, those, those are my... Those are my uh, predictions. Hmm. I was going to uh, (laughs) read part of the synopsis for the next episode if you were interested, but it's the exact same synopsis as it was for the first episode. Okay, because it was sort of a double episode. Special two-hour premiere, series premiere. Um, And I edged you with uh, the big... To be continued. Did you did you know that it was a two episode premiere? Were you prepared at all? I had no idea. Wow. I thought the pacing was off. Like we were watching the big confrontation, and I'm like, I think there's only like three minutes left in the episode, so she must kill them and get them like out of the cemetery in three minutes. Mm. Uh, and that didn't happen. No, it's not. Um, yeah, I think that wraps us up. Maybe we'll have more ideas uh, going forward. I mean, I mean, I know I I'm an I'm an avid listener to the Lonely Boys podcast, Gossip Girl, and they do do episode ratings every single episode and it's kind of fun but i don't want to steal all of i don't want to steal their stuff so we'll think about it yeah i feel like i can't rate the episode uh i, I need to see other episodes to be able to have like a, a baseline this okay. was the baseline mm-hmm. it was good and now we'll see maybe every episode going forward i'll say was it better or worse than the pilot sure i i, I, I I'm, it seemed like you were enjoying it. Every time you laughed, I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> <laughs> Not, and I, I almost didn't want to watch it with you because I felt like I was, it was a lot of pressure. And I feel, I, I don't know. I'm just like trying to, not influence you very much. Well, I mean, I feel like you're gonna influence me, and that's okay. Okay, fair enough. Uh, okay, yeah. Any final thoughts on the episode? It was good. Good baseline episode. Excited to see more. Slay. Uh, yeah, uh, so l- you can follow us at Buffy Boyfriends on Twitter. Follow me at Sam Stanish on Twitter. Follow my other podcast where I talk about Survivor at Predators Pod on Twitter. I'm at Flawless Lawless on Instagram, but it is private. So you can, I get, I don't know if that's even worth plugging, but here it is. I mean, people yeah. can send requests. You can, can send decide. requests and, and we'll see. If you leave a good comment, mm-hmm. you're more likely to get the friend request accepted. So lovely. That yeah. could be your way in. Uh, would love it if people could rate and review us on iTunes. Yes, I've as someone who dates a podcaster, I've heard that's important. It is important. That's how it's it's important for so many different reasons. Okay, I think that's it. I think that wraps us up. Um, okay, yeah. I you know I ended the first episode saying if the apocalypse if the apocalypse comes beep us. You know we'll work on an outro. I've had multiple podcasts throughout my storied career, and I've never once had a good outro. Well, maybe. If you, if you have one, sound off in the comments. It tends to be everybody on the pod going, bye. Bye.